You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hey Jack, this is Jay in Oklahoma City. Um, I was listening to your uh, Waking Up with Jack Luna and, you know, I, I identify with, with, with you so much. Um, I love your show, by the way, and I think you, you've got a, a really a great talent. I, I hate it that you're struggling with, uh, with your problems. Uh, I've had those. I'm, uh, 31 years removed from alcohol and, uh, shooting crystal meth in my veins on a daily basis. And, uh, I would love to, uh, be of any help or support I could to you and share any experience I I have about what it takes to to get around that um, you know our, our the the biggest stumbling block that guys like me and you have is is success uh, success is even worse honest than failure and uh, so anyhow uh, you know we're, we sabotage ourselves um, because well call me and and I'll, uh, I'll, I got some ideas about that. And I've got some things that have changed my life. So anyhow, I'd love to talk to you. Uh, can we talk something else? Can, can we talk about something else? Hello, out there. Hey, it's been a little while. Uh, I'm doing another Waking Up with Jack Luna. And what the plan is today is just, I don't know, to tell you a little bit about a couple of recurring dreams I've been having. Recurring dreams. Uh, the main one being, I'm on an elevator with my family and it's just dropping. Of course, we're going up at first, and then it's dropping. And it's dropping forever. And it, it drops for so long that I'm able to turn to my family and be like, hey, this has happened. This, I know what's going on. Like, it's okay. Everything's fine. Um, it drops for so long that I'm having a conversation with them. And they're kind of huddling around me and they're scared and my youngest is shaking and my oldest is shaking and my girl is just uh, her head tucked into my chest and I'm like, it's going to be fine. I'll figure this out. <laughs> that dream has happened. I don't know how many times, but it, it happened this morning and that's why I'm recording this episode. I think it's pretty obvious what that dream's about, but, uh, Thinking about that, I was going to do an episode on Dark Topic about there was a woman in China who, and it was in a city, 
Um, I don't remember the exact name of the city. It was in 2016. I believe she was 43 years old. I know her last name was Wu. And uh, you might be able to find her based on that information. <laughs> she got into an elevator after Chinese New Year. And they cut, they cut the power for some reason. And she was stuck in there for a couple of days. And then they came in. They, they, they checked on all these elevators. And they banged on them. There was no answer on this particular elevator. And then they came back 30 days later. Open up the elevator, and uh, this is just off the top of my head from what I read a few years ago on this this case. Not that you're ever going to be able to find it anyways. Um, Mrs. Wu from a big city in China. But when they opened the door, they found her laying by it, and her fingers were all busted up. She'd been clawing at the door. I'm blowing this story. They, they, cut, the, they cut the power after... Um, there had been a, f- a malfunction with it that they were aware of. It was in a building in in China, like I said, in a large building, and it was in an elevator that was rarely used. Kind of like down this strange corner. I don't have a blueprint of this place, but uh, from what I remember, it was just one of those elevators that is rarely used. It malfunctions between the, I think it was the 10th and the 11th floor, and they came and they cut the power... After a few days, after banging on the door, thinking no one was in there, they didn't check. But obviously she was, you know, she was in there. Maybe still alive. Probably passed out from dehydration or whatever. Apparently she was mentally ill. And anyways, that is a story that goes fucking nowhere. Um, she, she died in there. I just found myself thinking about that woman stuck in that elevator and nobody thinking to call her in as missing um they call them left behinds in china i think it's leftover women that's what they're called leftover women who haven't married by a certain age and she was one of these leftover women that's probably a a pretty harsh translation or maybe it's dead on i don't know and yeah i find myself thinking about that that woman this morning after having that crazy dream again and how sad that is and how lucky I am to at least have other people in the elevator with me uh, in the dream I had this happened to her in real life and uh, that dream doesn't just go to the fact that I'm rising up and I can't seem to help but continue to feel like I'm in a situation where I'm going to be falling where I'm going to fuck it up and I'm going to let my family down. Um, beyond that, when I, when I lived in a uh, apartment building when I was in my 20s, I lived in this fairly large apartment building. And it had 20 floors. And I lived on the 18th floor. And there was a malfunction with that elevator that I became used to. And I could explain it to you, but what I'll, the, the story I'll tell you about that is about me getting on the elevator knowing this malfunction existed with a man and his son. And his son probably was three years old. We get on, hit the button to go to 18. He hits to go to like seven or something like that. And the elevator shoots past the seventh floor and we could feel it almost picking up speed and they start to freak out. And, you know, you don't normally talk to people on elevators. I don't. I mean, maybe other people do. I don't. I might say hi, make some eye contact, but 
especially if it's like you and a girl, if you're a, a guy, you know, um, you don't want to make them uncomfortable. Actually, maybe you should speak to them to make them feel comfortable because like that silence can be very uncomfortable. Uh, normally I just sit there breathing heavily. And I think that that's the best way to go about that awkward situation. That's, that's what makes people comfortable. And as soon as we shoot past the seventh floor, I tell the man, don't worry. <laughs> so, so you got this cre- like I, I was, I was a drug dealer at the time. Um, I would go between floors and s- sell marijuana and uh, cocaine. Um, and I was always on these elevators and I, I was like kind of a shady looking character. And for me to have not been speaking to this guy and then to look at him, like, don't worry. That probably made him more worried than anything. And then we're going up, 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 up. And he is worried. And like I said, this thing is speeding up. And then when it gets to around the 18th floor where I was supposed to get off, it goes past that. And it goes, and you feel it go click, 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 click up to past the penthouse. And then it hits the, hits the ceiling. So when we are about at the 15th floor, I'm assuming after I say the creepiest thing in the world that you can say to somebody in such a situation is don't worry. Um, I know that it sounds like maybe something you should say, but the way I say things, don't worry. <laughs> Everything's going to be all right, friend. Hey, little guy, do you want to meet your great, great, great grandparents? Um, and when we get up around like the 15th floor, 10th, whatever it was, I don't know when I started to speak and, 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 and explain what was going on. I'm like this elevator malfunctions. Don't worry. It's going to go all the way to the top. And it's going to go click, 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 boom. We're going to hit our heads. It's going to feel like we're going to hit our heads. And then we're going to go all the way down. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 no. He wasn't from Canada. He was like I, uh, an East Indian gentleman, I believe. And his little boy did not know what the fuck was going on here. And I'm just trying to to just be cool. And when it hits and it does exactly what it said it was going to do, we start to drop and it goes all the way down from the 20th floor and your feet come up off the ground for a second. And I get down on my knees with the kid because he's starting to cry. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And the man's like, how was it? I'm like, it's fine. I'm looking up and saying, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Trust me. Trust me. It's fine. And we come all the way down to probably about the third floor and you hear it click in and it, and it, and it, and it slows. It goes. And it hits the bottom floor resets itself, comes slowly back up to the main floor and the doors open and we get out and they're so fucking scared. And I'm like, I told you, I told it's like, it's just a malfunctioning elevator. And, uh, they went and they walked away from me looking at me like I, I did it. Like I made that happen. <laughs> and, but that, that would happen quite a bit. It was like a malfunction of the elevator where it would hit the, it would go all the way. It would reset itself. And, I'm not afraid of elevators because of those experiences that I had with that particular elevator. But um, that first time when you feel like I have no control, I'm going to die, um, that sticks with you. And any time in my life where I felt like things were out of control, I've always felt in my mind like, oh, I know this feeling. 
I recognize this feeling. It's the same feeling you get on a plane when there's turbulence. Um, it's the same feeling you get on an elevator when it drops 20 floors for the first time after hitting the top. Uh, that's the, the recognition that I have of things being out of control and I have no control. And then having this dream come to me again this morning, I'm like, oh shit, am I, am I out of control? And, um, maybe I am, maybe I am. I got a message from uh, one of you who listened. His name is Jay. And, uh, he told me that I could give him a call and maybe we'll have a conversation about these kind of things. On all honesty, I am not out of control. I just feel a little empty. I feel, uh, I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this, but everything seems to be just fine. But at the same time, it's like this anxiety. It's like, ugh. you know, the feeling that I get from time to time in my life is like someone's about to run up behind me and punch me in the back of the head. And it's like things are going along fairly smoothly. But what's next? Is something very positive going to happen or is something negative going to happen? Because it doesn't just keep going straight. That elevator doesn't just malfunction properly. Or sorry, function properly all the time. It will malfunction. And um, that's kind of the headspace I'm in at the moment. And I got this message from Jay. He's a truck driver from, what do you say, Oklahoma City. And I'm going to have a call and we're going to have a conversation on Waking Up with Jack Luna. I have 72 calls from everybody from the uh, from the last time. And uh, rather than play all, though, I'm just going to give give Jay a call. He asked me to. So let's see what kind of conversation we have here. Hello? Hey, Jay. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm all right, man. Are you, so you're on the road right now? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so just to let you know, I'm recording right now. That's okay with you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're good. Perfect. Yeah, um, I was going through the uh, voicemails I got from the last episode I did on this, and I had 72 voicemails, and yours was 69. 69? And- <laughs> That's a magical number, isn't it? I heard, I've heard rumor. I've heard tell. <laughs> It could have been 420, but I'm not that popular. No, no, 69. The old, the old, two, the old two can't you? <laughs> oh. Right on, man. Yeah, I, uh, so I, I'm listening through to all these. I get to like near the end, like you're number 69, like I said, and, um, I'm like, how am I gonna, how am I gonna get through all these or how am I gonna pick and choose? And then at the end of yours, you say, give me a call. And uh, so I was like, whatever, you know, I'm going I'm to text this guy and maybe we'll have a conversation. And, and you seem like you have a lot of uh, insight on, on maybe addiction and all those kind of things. But but before that, I just want to introduce the audience to you. So you, your name is Jay and you're from Oklahoma City and you're a truck driver. That's the that's the basic stuff, right? I, I, I'm, a, I'm a hot shot driver. <laughs> so what, is, uh, what does that mean? Well, uh, I'm on call oil field tools so like this morning at 9 30 i went out and picked up a little tool about 40 miles from home and brought it back in and then i got a call saying hey uh run over and load this stuff in oklahoma city and take it to wink texas which is about 500 miles from home and Jesus. get there as quick as you can 
give you one place that needs the tools. So, wow. I'm, I'm headed, headed over there, just throw everything down and head out the door. If the money's good, uh, yeah. my kids are raised, so it, it's a good gig. How long have you been doing that for? Uh, seven and a half years. It, it puts me in the company of people I really like, myself, mm-hmm. generally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, and my buddy Jack Luna. It's just, I'm on the road with you sometimes, by the sounds of things. It's funny. Absolutely. The, <laughs> the um, the gig of being a truck driver is something that always appealed to me. If uh, this hadn't worked out, that was next on the list. I always have envisioned like the solitude like of the road and, and being able, nowadays being able to listen to podcasts and, and things on audible books and things like that and, and meeting people along the way but but mainly just being by myself with my thoughts would have would be like a a real nice existence. You feel you feel is that why you got into it to be on your own and uh, oh, it, oh no. I spent uh, I spent a good portion of my life uh, in sales, roofing and uh, construction sales and whatnot. Uh-huh. And uh, I mean, I like people, but I don't like people. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Listen, I'll tell. I, I know exactly. How, to me, how that makes sense is that I guess it's I like certain people. I mean, when I like somebody, I love them. When I when I don't, right. you know, it's I, I almost hate them. Oh yeah, you just. It's like, oh, God, i got to tolerate this image again. Here we go. Okay. You know, but yeah. uh, so I, I, I like this because I don't have to. Uh, it's almost like I work for myself. I work for uh, a lady and her husband. She owns a couple of trucks, and, and I've been with them about eight years, and it's been really, really good for me, you know. It's a good gig. It sounds like a hell of a gig. So a hot shot. That's an actual term for what you're doing? Yes, yes. 24-7 on-call yeah. uh, trucking, and it's it, a lot of times it's a, a, a one-way, like uh, Wednesday I left at 1 o'clock and went to uh, went to Farmington, New Mexico, and got about 10 hours sleep in the backseat of the pickup and come home. <laughs> uh, about 800 miles over there and back, but they needed the tools, so Holy and it tastes good. Yes, no, I've heard it yeah. does. Especially for that kind of gig. So, where are you right now? I am in the middle of Texas. In the middle of Texas. I am. I am between. Uh, well, I'm almost to Snyder, Texas. Okay, no idea, but I know that. Like, I grew up. Right. I grew up in a place called Ontario, Canada, which is, I don't know, it's it's probably a little bigger than Texas, but there's nobody who lives in most of it because it's frozen tundra, right? right. But, but you could drive across its belly and feel like you're there forever. And I think that that's the same as Texas. Like you feel like you're just there for, you could drive oh, for God. days, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I first stumbled across you. I, the, my first introduction to you before I even found our topic you were doing a cameo with some gal on, uh, oh. Once Upon a Crime? Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I uh, I just I thought, oh, I've got to hear some more of this. So I went and sought you out over Dark Topic, and uh, I have just really dug it. And then uh, awesome. it sounded to me like you were in a little bit of a, a quandary there, and I thought, man, 
I can relate. I know uh, all about that. And uh, if I can help this guy uh, get it together, hold it together, whatever, because I really I like what you do, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I, I, I like your approach to it. I, I do. I mean, because there's a fine line between understanding uh, how our upbringing and our, our surroundings uh, violently twist our emotions and whatnot. Right. But there's a whole lot of other people that their response isn't as fucking sick as some of the shit those guys yeah. do. And there's no excuse for it. You know, I Absolutely. mean, there is, but there's not. No, there's not. That part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you too, is because I sent some of that in, in the message that you sent me. Um, but speaking about what we're speaking about right now, I've always talked about on Dark Topic, like, yeah, sure, this guy grew up this particular way, but I know for certain that you can grow up, you know, in kind of a rough way and not end up, I don't know, eating people's uh, dicks, right? Or right, killing right. children. Uh, one of my one of my examples uh, I I would use at times was if our upbringing or our surroundings uh, explain Allen Iverson. Oh, good you know, one. I, I mean, you know, it, it it doesn't have anything to do with that per se. I mean, yeah, it it kind of plays into it maybe, but there's people that rise above it all the time. So yes, you know, it's it's more the individual than it is uh, the circumstances. You, for sure, you got it. Uh, you, you either you either get up or you get down, right? Oh yeah, and you know, it, it, overachievers like me and you. If I'm not, if I can't be the best, I'm going to be the worst, you know? <laughs> Extreme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to fucking have some claim to fame. One direction or the other, <laughs> you, know? you, you've been speaking my language the entire time and I want to get to know you a little bit better right now, but I got to tell you something. I told you I was going to be a truck driver before I started the podcast, but, but the honest to God's truth is that I was thinking about how to be a prolific bank robber. And oh, that'd be a good gig. <laughs> until, until you, like, I'm, I'm talking about, like, like dressing up as a firefighter and walking into the bank and being like, hey, we got to check your alarms and we're going to do, like, a little test and we're going to show you guys how we got to go about, you know, if there were a fire or if there was a – and we got to get you all in the same room and we're going to talk to you. Can we do that for a minute? And meanwhile, my buddy's, like, locking the doors and he's wearing, you know, a police uniform and uh, we sit them all down and we rob the place, right? But – it, it, I would have got caught. I know I would have got caught. It's, it's too, oh, yeah. it's too much. That's it's got to be simple. <laughs> yes. You just walk in and hand them a note and they hand you $5,000 and you leave. <laughs> you, you got it. You got it better than I did. I know I would have been dead, dead, dead on arrival when it came to my I career mean, as a bankrupt. I've listened to enough podcasts to know that that's the way you do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to pull a bunch of bank costs. You're not going to get rich. No. You gotta be quick. I mean, it's it's big hits that that uh, they catch those guys on. You know, <laughs> I was planning on spending as much time in front of the cameras as I possibly could, and letting them get to know my voice and mannerisms. <laughs> I don't think I ever would have done. But but the thoughts the thoughts were certainly there, and it goes to what you were saying about like uh, fucking up so bad or or doing great. You know, there there was no there was no fantasies in my mind of being like uh, maybe I'll just go to school and become an accountant. You know that that never came into my mind at all. So right. 
so but with you 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 say that, say that you found success so by, by like obviously the the trucking gig is good and the money's good and 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 you're in a good spot but by the sounds of things you're coming from a place where where it was very dark at one point right oh yeah yeah i'm uh i am uh, uh march 5th of 1990 my life changed drastically uh i got i got clean and sober uh not because I fucking wanted to, huh. uh, but uh, I was out of ideas, you know. Yeah, <laughs> just completely uh, out of fucking ideas. I I couldn't even get myself to believe one more of those. It'll be okay if you just do this. <laughs> what I what I heard every time I would start with that was. Yeah, that's bullshit. You know that's not going to happen because you know what's going to happen next. Yeah, you know. Yeah, man. And and I knew it because I'd sold myself that lie so many times. Right. And uh, I, I was just I was whooped, Jack. And uh, and I knew uh, that I wasn't going to be able to figure my way out of it. If that makes any sense. And I, it absolutely you makes know, sense. It, just, my dad's best friend showed up at the house because my grandma called him and. And uh, he knew more about where I was at than I did. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was the first guy that I'd ever talked to that understood exactly fucking where I was at and what I was up against. And it was the first time that that I grasped, uh, I don't know if you can relate to this, but, you know, I would... I would go out to my car some mornings, actually late in the afternoon, because I was afraid that uh, there might be a body part or something hanging off the front of it in the middle of the night from the, the drunken blackout that I came home yes. in. And uh, it'd take fucking most of the day to build up the courage to, to go out. But there'd always be like 11 beers in a 12-pack, and yeah. I would think, I, I remember that. I, I think I remember stopping and getting that. And yeah. now I'm fucking broke and I really could use the money and that's just stupid. Why the fuck would you do that? I mean, you couldn't even see you were driving with one eye. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, those guys explained to me that that, uh, that old man said that, that once I started, I couldn't fucking stop. Right. You know, there, something else was going on, and I was like, oh, great, you know, that makes sense. That explains why I'm not an idiot or any of the rest of that. But on the flip side of that, they explained to me that, that the problem wasn't that. <laughs> right. That the problem was that my best thinking, stone-cold sober, in my right mind, I gave myself permission to do that again. Mm-hmm. And put it all at fucking risk. Right. You know, going to the dope man's house and all that shit, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that is the crux of the problem is that in my right mind, I can't trust myself. Right. And I can't depend on myself to make the right decision for myself when it comes to that. Can I, can I cut in on you there? Because I, I can listen to you talk forever. Oh, You're absolutely. <clears throat> My problem, Jay, and I'd like to learn even more about you. Actually, let me ask you this first. So, so what year was it that you said to get sober or, or to straighten out again? You said it was 92. Is that what you said? 
1992 to 1990, 1990. 1990. I just celebrated 32 years. 32 years of sobriety from, yeah. from all of it, from, from drugs and alcohol. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't mind, I don't want to put an age on you, but like, so how old were you when, when you decided to do that? I was 25 and a half. All right. So it was going, it was going pretty bad. Did you have kids or anything at that time? No, thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. I mean, and I remember thinking that would, that would help. You know? Yes. Maybe that would straighten me up. <laughs> I mean, I tried about everything I could think of. Uh, luckily, uh, the way I drank, I couldn't get a girlfriend to stay more than a couple of weeks. Right. You know? Right. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Jay, my, my issue is that you sound like my father, but you've overcame whatever he should have overcame way back when, actually right at that point, because in 1990, I was 10 years old and I remember looking at my dad and, and being in a vehicle with him and he's telling me all these things like he's going to take care of it. And take care of it maybe means my mom's out of the picture, my stepfather's out of the picture, and scary things. And um, so, but but I knew at that age, I'm like, man, he is so fucked up, and I never want to be this way. And and he was so good at times, but so evil at times. And and I know that's the alcohol and the and the drugs. But as I grew up, and then him and I began to hang out, and we started to do those things together. Um, because I was seeing the worst possible example of what that could, that can be, I felt like as long as I don't become that, then I'm going to be fine. And my length of time that I've spent using drugs and alcohol as a friend of mine has gone on way too long because I think that I was tempered by the obvious um, repercussions of, of what it means to, to go way too far like he had and obviously like, like you had up until about 1990. So it's almost like a, uh, the spot that I'm in now is like I feel like um, – and don't get me wrong. I've had cocaine habits. I, I've had pill habits. I've sold ecstasy. I've, I've been really fucked up. But it's almost like I could keep it just at that level where nobody's going to question me on it. But I'm beginning to question myself because I know what I do on my own. I, I know I smoke two packs of cigarettes. Right. I drink 24 beers. I go out and get a bit of cocaine. I disappear. But, but, but for, for the evening, my family doesn't know, you know? Right. And because I, cause I, right. cause I, cause I've been them. I've been the Al Anon person, you know? I've, I've been the, oh, yeah. the, right? So, so it's a kind of a strange spot that I'm in. Well, it it sounds to me like I mean you got to reach a spot, yeah, where you know you can't, you know, right? Uh, because Jack, twenty four hours before that day, if anybody would have tried to convince me that drinking was my problem, right? I no having a shitty job and a fucking bad hand of life, and uh, you know not being able to find a girlfriend or. You know, yeah. uh, that was my fucking problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, drinking was drinking was my fucking solution. You know, <laughs> it, what the, the way I can explain it to anybody uh, that makes sense is, uh, and maybe you'll get this. Maybe you can identify with it. I don't know. Mm. Uh, you know, it's like for two or three or four days, I'm busy trying to trying to 
put things together. You know, I, I, if I can get this guy to, to like me and, and I can get over there and maybe I can get to this spot over here and I can get some shit put together and get some things going my way, you mm-hmm. know? And so I spend fucking three or four days hustling a deal together. Usually it's a chick, but whatever. <laughs> and then, uh, fuck man. It's like, I'm fucking exhausted. And the idea of taking a drink sounds like a real good idea, you know? Uh-huh. And because it, it Anybody that was worked a fucking full work week thinks Friday evening I can have a couple of beers and kind of relax. Well, I mean, right. that was my thinking too. Yeah. But what would happen to me is then that other would start and I drink way too much. And uh, because the deal hadn't come together the way I thought, I'd probably call half the people and tell them, fuck you, motherfuckers. <laughs> I mean, fucking like you, you know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, kiss my fucking ass, and then I come to the next morning, and I got to fucking hustle and scramble to start to try to put it all back together again. I do, I do relate. You know? Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. So, I, that's just, and eventually it's just like, what's the fucking use, you know? <laughs> yeah. But you still got to deal with your family, you know, <laughs> and, and, and whatnot, and so... That whole come here, go away, fuck you, I don't like you because I'm not getting my way right now. I mean, that's what it was all about. It's, yeah. And whatever you gave me was never enough. You mm-hmm. know, you just couldn't give me enough. Yeah. And I got to take a quick break here. I didn't want to disrespect uh, Jay by mentioning it. Also, my voice cracks a lot, and I didn't want to uh, put him through what you're having to go through right now. The uh, the thing about Jay and the thing about like a lot of people that reach out to me is <laughs> they're always so honest and real. And if that's a reflection of what I'm doing, then I'm humbled by it. And I feel like I'm on the right track in that way. Um, I have a lot of military people reach out. I've had a lot of people with this particular kind of accent. I don't, uh, see, I'm Canadian. I don't know. It's like an American accent, I guess. But my, my really good friend, Kim Phillip, was from Arkansas, and she had this accent as well. And uh, Jay, through this conversation, was reminding me of Kim, uh, who has passed away. And uh, I have so many of you reach out who are just like this. Not so much, you know, uh, with, with the accent or driving a truck or uh, swearing and making me laugh the way that Jay is, uh, though most of you do make me laugh. It's just this honesty, just this down and dirty honesty and uh, I am so, so thankful. I, I would not take a dime if these were the type of people that I knew that I was going to draw from the start. I would have just done it for free. Okay, advertising coming if I qualify it for you in your region, but otherwise back to the show. All right, everybody, Badlands Food. I've been thinking about getting a dog with my little family we are about to introduce a dog i believe at some point here and i have a interest in how we're going to be treating said dog and it occurs to me you know that many dogs suffer from health issues and with badlands food actress katherine heigl who's helped save over sixteen thousand dogs through her foundation says she's seeing more issues with dogs joints odors and health than ever before And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. She's looking at their food. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health, 
And this is true even for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that by just adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone could do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. It caught my attention, and as I'm about to uh, get a dog, I think that I'm going to uh, use this service, so I thought I'd share it with the audience as well. Uh, I know many of you have dogs. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com slash darktopic and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash darktopic to check it out. Badlandsfood.com. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. I feel often like, uh, well, what you said to me in the message you sent is like success is almost worse than the failure. And we could talk, <laughs> yeah. we'll talk about that in a second, but I got to tell you, my situation is like, uh, with what you just said, all it takes for me, and this is how I know I'm an addict. I mean, fuck uh, people who really know me. I mean, people in like the drug world and in the down and dirty, like in the bar and you know, at 2am and we're at somebody's fucking place. I don't know where it's at. Those people who know that side of me would tell you I'm absolutely an addict, but they're surprised by the way I'm able to pull back at times to get back to my family, to keep up the charade of uh, being a regular guy who's got got a hold of things, right? But it's, 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 it's this, this is the reason why I know I'm an addict is like, if you give me a cigarette, sorry, if I'm standing outside of the bar, no, not even the bar, if I'm walking down the fucking street, and I'm dead sober for like two weeks and everything's going well in my life. And I see somebody from my past that I, that I haven't seen for a while. And we're standing there talking and he offers me a cigarette. That cigarette will turn into me going to the beer store to buy 24 beers. Right. And those 24 yeah. beers will turn into me spending a thousand dollars gambling. And then I'll lose that bet to make myself feel better. I'm, I'm phoning the dope man. Like you, like you called him to do some cocaine. And before you know it, it's three in the morning. And my whole life is fucking turned to darkness again. <laughs> yeah. And God forbid the law will show up somewhere yeah. in there, you know? Yes. Yes. Or a girl. Like, or or something fucked up, right? Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> right. It's like my my the old the old man that helped me, he said, you know, son, it's like uh you know, it it seems harmless, but you know, when you take that first drink, you might as well take the keys to your fucking life and throw them on the bar and say, here it is, fucking do whatever you want with it, because that's the that's what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it's not like uh, the girl that I was dating. You know, I, I was dating this girl, and she had a, a four-year-old Jack, and, uh, you know, she's she's got a, a, a busy career. She's got 
got a four-year-old that she's trying to keep in her activity. She's a single parent. And uh, we finally get uh, a date set up. You know, I've been going over and hanging out. We've been watching TV and whatnot. But we get an actual date set up. Yeah. Her sister's going to watch Catherine. And uh, so by the time I get over there to pick her up, she's about two shiner box in. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, fuck, I can see where this is headed. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be there holding and shoe carrying by the time the fucking night's over. Yeah. Because that's the way I drink, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, so we go across town. I said, what do you want, what do you want to do first? And she said, let's stop at Applebee's and have a couple of beers. Mm. And I said, okay. Yeah, you yeah. know, I, I don't drink, so I belly up to the bar. I'm drinking Diet Coke with her. And, uh, we go to we're smoking because you can still smoke in the bar and uh, she's about halfway through one of those yards of beer yeah. and uh, she goes to light her cigarette drops my Zippo lighter in the floor and I get down and get it I think oh yeah this is uh, yeah it's going to play out about the way I thought and I get her cigarette lit and uh, she says uh, well <laughs> I've had enough let's go do something and yeah. I'm thinking what the fuck are you talking about? I mean, I'm not even done drinking fucking Diet Coke. Matter of fact, I'm trying to slurp it down as we're fucking leaving. I mean, that's the way I drink anything, you know? Yes. And uh, it's a it's the damnedest thing I ever saw. I mean, she had it all. It was coming right there. I mean, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And I she do. just quit. She fucking quit. What's that all about? Let's go do something else. How? Yeah, I've never. Well, play golf? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and had I not experienced it, but I mean, there's people, there's a lot of people that drink like that. They, they, uh, they, they start to feel like they're losing control. When I'm drinking, Ugh. I start to feel like it's all starting to make sense. Yes. It's all going to fucking come into view. Yes. Here we go. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, you're speaking my language once again, man. Like that, that, that's, wow. That scene, I, I just saw that whole scene and uh, I'd be as perplexed as you were. It was almost like you were more hammered than she was and you were just drinking diet, diet Pepsi, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I knew, I mean, I'm, I knew how that deal was going to, I thought I knew how it was going to go. Yeah. Yeah. But it didn't at all. You know, <laughs> we went on and, uh, rode out of there and had, had a good evening and, you know, blah, but I was, I was just shocked. Well, that's, that's the difference between an addict and a regular person, I guess. Right. Like, right. I mean, if anybody had a good reason to just fucking get snot fucking slinging drunk, it was her, <laughs> you know, she was with you. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, what she'd been going through. The yes. Couple of weeks and whatnot, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, fucking, let your hair down, blow some steam off. Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No. no, it's extremes. I guess, I mean, they, they call them addictive personalities or whatever, but, uh, on, on like a very positive, well, this is, this is just explaining to myself the way that I am. And I, I know you could probably relate to this. It's like the way that I've always seen it is like, I want more than you do. Like, I want it all. <laughs> Like uh, how, how? What you're gonna go to bed? Like you're 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 gonna drink three beers, and we're gonna have this conversation. And you're just gonna like fucking yawn and go brush your teeth. Like it's it's to, to me it's like the the world. I always felt like uh, why do I gotta why do I even have to feel like I gotta sleep? 
Like, can't I just burn forever? Can't I just be on fire forever? And, and, and some people, they just, they just stop and, and then, then they're able to go again. And that's not what people like you and I are like by the sounds of things. Eh? How do you deal with that? How do, how, do, how do you deal with that as a sober person? How do you scratch that itch? Well, um, you know, I, I, I'm still uh, a little obsessive compulsive with, with things. You know, it's like uh, golf or anything I get involved in. You know, it's, I got to have all the shit yeah. and all the best shit <laughs> and uh, motorcycles, just whatever, you know. Yeah. But I, I, it, if, if I'm not, if I don't have something kind of productive to do, I start to fucking work on myself, and that's the worst thing for a guy like me to do. <laughs> because, you know, I just, it, it, it's like trying to, I, I just eat myself, you mm-hmm. know, I just fucking, you know, you need to, you're a, you know, blah, and I just, if I, if I got some little project, something to do, uh, I'm a lot better off. You know, yeah. it may cost me a little money, but I'm, a, I'm, I'm miles ahead, miles ahead. Uh, and I found out that I don't have to take care of me, that, that the universe already has a plan for me. Okay. And it has had, it has had forever. And if, if, if I'll just get out of the way and be, be Jay, mm-hmm. you know, not just Jay, but the guy that I am, the guy that fucking harasses the lady at the cash register, the guy that, uh, you know, just whatever, uh, trying to have a little fun out here and uh, be nice to people as best I can unless you're driving in 10 miles an hour in front of me yeah. uh, below the speed limit, then I'm probably not your buddy. But, you know, uh, it just be me. Oh, and my boss is just saying, man, I, I, I'm worried about trying to take care of you. You don't have to worry about me. You know, yeah, uh, I'm I'm well taken care of, and, and I have been. I mean, that old man taught me some simple approach to to life. That you know, I, I I've, I've been blessed with a gift, Jack. I mean, not everybody gets to walk on the dark side of the road and stand in the light. Yeah, they don't. You know, I I I, I I'm very fortunate. I get to li- I've lived two lives. Most people start off on one track and never fucking get another one, you know? Yes. And, and so um, he told me if I would keep it, keep that in mind and try to give it away uh, as opportunities I could, you know, to help somebody understand where they're at or what's going on uh, to the best of my ability, that I was fulfilling the universe's purpose for me. That wow. was the reason I was pulled out of that mess and, uh, that's the reason I'll stay out of that mess. And so when I when I heard you, I thought, oh, I know where he's at, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't I didn't know whether you'd call or not, but I knew it was my purpose, you know, uh, to do what I needed to do. And you know, shit, I'd talk to you on a regular basis. Oh, uh, I'll be calling. I'll be you calling know, you back, I mean, Jay. I will be. I will be. <laughs> I, I will be. I mean, I just, uh, I get it. You know, I get it. I, I totally get it. And there's a lot of people that try to run to recovery 
before they're ready to get to recovery, and mm-hmm. by the time they're they need to get to recovery, they're fucked. Yeah, yes. Because they, they've already they've already used it up. You know, my brother's one of them that I don't think that half brother. God love him, uh, but my parents to him in in uh, treatment center after treatment center after they couldn't like they couldn't control him. Yeah. You know, and uh, he'd get a little time, and then he'd go back out. He'd get a little time, and he'd go back out. And watching that, and watching the other people uh, that come and go like that, you know, oh, I had a little slip. Well, that's not recovery. You right. know, that that's not what it's about. And watching them, you know, and and the first time somebody gets ninety days, it's fucking magic. Mm-hmm. The fifth time they get ninety days, it's oh no, fucking big deal. I done been here. Right. You know what I'm saying? No. And, yeah. And they're they're so the ability to to identify that there's a something a lot larger at work allowing me to get to that spot that I never could get to. I mean, I couldn't quit drinking. I had to come to the realization that this the the old man told me that he said, you know, your best thinking in your right mind puts you in that position and if something doesn't happen for you Basically, what I'm saying is your brain needs to be taken out and new one put in its place. And, uh, you know, you better hope that God does that for you. Because if not, you're fucked. You're going to die just the way you are. <laughs> Fight the whole fucking way. And I cried all the way home, Jack, because I knew he was right. Uh-huh. I mean, I just, I knew it. Well, Jay- I didn't even believe in God. You didn't believe in God? Yeah. No. Okay. The, the- no. I've done tried that, man. I came up, I came up wet. I never came up different. I just came up wet. What do you I mean? By- reborn. I mean, I see. needed to reborn it, and it was me. I see. Know? I see. Okay, so you you got doused underneath, and they pulled you up. You came up wet, and that didn't do a thing to you. That's funny, man. No, I, yeah. I, I, one of my one of my favorite guys would say. The thing that they did wrong with me is they didn't they didn't hold me down till the bubbles quit coming out. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, absolutely, you know, they should have just drowned me right there. But, no, no, it's turning out well. I'll tell you, I, I'm I'm drinking right now, and uh, that's fine. And I'm smoking cigarettes right now, and and it, and if I wasn't, then I probably would have never called you in the first place. But it, it's it's. Hey. Yeah, it's not. It's not the smoking. Smoking's not a problem. They're not going to put you in jail for that Mm-mm. ever. <laughs> no, you know the thing. The thing for me is that when when I when I do get a glimpse of sobriety, and it's they call it the pink cloud in AA. You know, um, oh wow, yeah, right. It all feels great. But once you get a little bit further past that, I mean, the most I've ever gone sober since I started drinking when I was like 16 years old and now I'm 41 is maybe 10 days. And I feel so good and I can only speak from, from that 10 days. But the, the thing that I wrote down one time, it was like, people always told me that it's better being like, it's better to be sober. Like you're going to ruin your life being an alcoholic or a drug addict or you're going to get lung cancer from smoking all these cigarettes. But what they didn't tell me, was that it doesn't it's not difficult actually and, and it really it, it gets better and better and better doesn't it jay like i don't know i've only been to those 10 days but like doesn't it continue well, to get be- like better 
Like you wake up in the morning, you're clear headed. You're like, oh, I'm not hungover. Oh, like look at all this time I got behind me. Oh, look at all the energy yeah. I have for the things I can do. Yeah, but you know, sober is also an acronym for son of a bitch. Everything is real. <laughs> you know, uh, we've been ducking. I, I, I was ducking reality. You know, the mm-hmm. the the. So yeah, there's this uh, that miracle ten days, thirty days of pink cloud. Woohoo! You know, yeah, this is awesome. But then, uh, then it's like life kind of shows up and says, "How fucking serious are you?" Mm-hmm. And so the work begins, if that makes any sense. I mean, mm-hmm. somebody had to completely teach me how to live, in, how to how to how to do life. You know, I, yeah. I, I I I had a lot of lot of people put a lot of uh, I put a lot of people through a lot of work and a lot of effort. And I probably kept a lot of guys sober yeah. uh, dealing with me. You know, but but I, Jack, I don't think you're there yet. I mean. Oh, no, I, I, no, I, uh, I, I agree. Think, I, I think uh, based upon what I'm gathering, it's like, you know, fucking let the clutch out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And th- let's see where we're at after you let the clutch out uh, six months from now. But, no, yeah. I mean, you may never get there. You may never get there because of your experience with your dad. Right. I, I Matter of fact, I hope you don't, and I hope that, we can maintain some sort of back and forth that, because for me, a problem shared is less of a problem. And what I have found in dealing with my problem of life, I mean, it's just really of life, uh, is that finding out that I'm not the only son of a bitch in the barrel going over the falls. Yeah. It, it, there's some comfort in knowing that Okay, well, if we're going over, at least all of us are in the same canoe. <laughs> you know, well, it's like being sixteen and never going to admit that you you've been jerking off. And then at forty, everybody's talking about, oh yeah, you know, when you were jerking off, and you're like, oh my god, you know. And uh, but the fact of the matter is, is every fucking body does it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Yes. I got to tell you, Jay, I know that I got you on the side of the road here and, and I'm holding you, maybe even holding you up in some way, but um, I was talking to my uh, counselor that I had and uh, I thought that was maybe the answer, right? I was like, oh, wow, I'm taking like a step in the right direction here. And I start talking to the guy and he's a young guy and he's fixing his fucking hair when he gets on this FaceTime that we were doing. He's like, you you want to do it on video or or do you want to do it like, uh, you know, just, just through talking or you want to do it through text? I was like, I'd rather see your face to face, right? I want to see your face. You see mine. And, Absolutely. And uh, he's fixing his hair when he gets on and he's just grasping at straws the entire time he's talking to me. And, and he's giving me like these really um, base level shit that like I already know like a lot of this stuff. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, aren't you going to ask me? Like, you know, about the stuff that I really, let's speed this up. Like, let's, let's, let's get down to it. I mean, I, I don't, I don't need a history on AA. I don't need a history on what alcoholism does to your body or, or, or what has happened to other clients of yours. They, they, you, you can't fucking scare one of us. No, I, <laughs> come on. Yeah, exactly. It's like, ask me a fucking real question, right? But talking to, to you today, and now I'm about a week past just kind of canceling that whole thing and thinking I can handle it on my own. And I, and I do believe that I can handle it on my own. My biggest fear is how you just said, like, pop the clutch. 
I'm kind of running along that road, trying to loosen my load. I got fucking only one 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 on my mind, but you know that, that song. Like I'm just, I'm just rolling like along the along the road, and I'm like, okay, I ain't gonna hit nobody. I don't see really any potholes. Um, I think I can cruise like this. I think I can just keep going with like eight beers a day and not talk about it so much that I got people like Jake fucking leaving voice messages for me and making me think about it. <laughs> like just, just shut the fuck up about it and just don't let them know how bad it it could be perceived by them, but be able to handle it on your own. I think the truth that I'm the, the, the place where I'm looking to be is uh, I think it has to be at some point. If I'm going to become my best self is sobriety. But the, the trap is that I, I saw my father and I uh, go through the things that you were explaining earlier that you did. And I know how to not hit that ceiling. At the beginning of this episode, I talked about being in an elevator and the elevator malfunctioned and it would go all the way up to the top and it would hit the roof and then it would come all the way down and it would reset. And how I have this reoccurring dream of being on that same elevator and my family is with me and they're freaking out and they're crying and they're holding on to me and it hits the roof and I'm telling them it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. Everything's fucking fine. Don't worry about it. And then it goes all the way back down and it resets itself, right? I'm like, see, everything's going to be fine. The the idea about recovery is that those highs and lows level out. You're still going to have some low spots. You know, it's like uh, you're going to have what uh, necessary days because they're necessary to to have those so that you can have a good day. You know, yeah. otherwise, oh, I'm having a good day. Otherwise, it's like Groundhog Day. You know? <laughs> uh, yes. And so, but here's here's the thing. I mean, okay, there's there's two two simple questions that you can answer for yourself out of your own experience to let you know if that's even a problem for you. Okay. Mm -hmm. The first one is step over to the nearest bar room, try some controlled drinking, you know, right. Meaning have three, have three beers and go to the house. Right. Uh, Try it or try it more than once, you Mm -hmm. know? And if, if you can pull that off, then you probably may not have the, the physical allergy. The other one, and this one I really didn't like, was try leaving it alone for a year. Mm-hmm. Fuck, that sounds terrible. I right. mean, that sounds like somebody tied me to the bumper of a car and dragging me down the street. I mean, that's not good at all. A week doesn't sound like a good idea, let alone a year. Right. So that's the mental obsession, you yeah. know, because I, I, I need that for relief. Yes. Okay, it's 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 my coping mechanism. Yeah. But uh, you know, the the other is the physical allergy. You mm-hmm. know, if I go over there and, and do that, and I can have six or seven, whatever, and go to the house, and you know, tell myself I'm going to be home at ten and fucking go home at ten every day for a week. Yeah. And you know, maybe that's not a problem. But I always told myself I'll be in by ten, and usually it was like three thirty. You know. That is a hell of a, a test that you just put before me there to, to consider trying. Um, because I really, I, I do love the social aspect of the bar. I have a, a great time. I'm a fucking superhero in the bar, you know? Uh, everybody is. Oh, yeah. 
and you, you tell stories and you meet men and you women even who who are going through similar things and for a moment you're kind of in the safe haven where you all make sense and uh that that becomes addictive right uh, but I but I can do that. I can test myself on that and try to come home by ten. Ra- see see the 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 world I'm in right now, Jay is like you said earlier. Like you said in your message, like when you're successful, like that's the most dangerous thing. And I I I'm a, I'm going to put words in your mouth, but you you can reply to this. And I don't know how much time you have, but um, it's almost like I can do whatever the fuck I want because everything's going all right. Yeah. <laughs> Like if I'm if I'm performing at this level at, and doing as well as I am with all of these things that are apparent detriments to most other people, then you know fuck off, right? Um, and and that's me speaking to myself, really, for the most part. But there's a there's a a person in me, a guy in me, who is saying, "Hey, man, I really think that we should stop doing this because I think we could do ten times as much and be ten times as happy as well." Why? You probably won't do 10 times as much based upon my own experience, but you probably will be happier. Right. But we're the only some bitches I know that can do more with less than anybody else. I mean, we work twice as hard as any other individual because, and most of the time, we're only working with half of us. Right. Yes. <laughs> You know, we're not even ever completely, we're hung over, our heads fucked up. Oh. I mean, but we'll work fucking three times as hard to prove that I'm as good as the next guy. Yes. <laughs> That's. You gotta, I mean, wow. you want to hire a couple alcoholics. I mean, it's like herding cats, but then some bitches, they'll get some work done. Yeah. It might not be the right work. <laughs> Did you say it might not be the right work? Yeah. <laughs> Because they get their own ideas, yeah. how they think shit ought to be. But uh, oh man, yeah, I just my my old buddy. I'd say, yeah, but I just love I love the taste of beer. And he'd say, well, yeah, Jay. I mean, I like Coke too, but I never bought a case of it. Sit on the curb at Seven Eleven and drank all of it. <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah, I like spaghetti, but I don't hang out all night at the fucking uh, local Eastside Mario's. <laughs> I mean, I'm not fucking down at the pizza parlor every fucking day hanging out, you know? <laughs> Clearing out the buffet all the time, being a superhero in that subject. So, right. you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh. Anyways, this, this, well, this, we, we should, uh, I will call you again, man. I will. Actually, let me, let me ask you, can I, can I, do you have time for one more question for me? Oh, sure. Absolutely. So, growing up, did you have influences on like what caused you to be, I know this is a fucking huge question, but like what, what do you think it was? Was it your, your nature? Was it in you just to be an addictive type person or, or did you see it happening all around you and you kind of got swept up into it? Man, uh, you know, being it, my, my, my mom was 17 and my dad was 21 when they had me. So they were kids. Yeah. Uh, of course, you know, drinking was a way of life. I mean, shit, it's an, it's an American institution, right. you know? Yeah. Uh, so it, it wasn't like, I didn't think it was a good thing or a bad thing. I just thought it was something you did. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you 
know, I got my I got my first drink. I was 11 years old, Jack. I was on vacation with my my dad and my new stepmom, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was kind of you know my my mom and dad got divorced in the 70s. That wasn't I, I was a minority instead of the majority yes. at at those times, mm-hmm. and I was a little self conscious about that. I was a little self conscious about. Uh, I was living with my grandmother, using her address to put me in a better school district. Yes. And, yep. You know, uh, I just a little, little self conscious about a whole lot of stuff. And uh, for whatever reason, I'm on vacation with them, and and they were having a drink, and they thought it might be a good idea for me to have a little drink with them in the hotel room. And dude, it was like fucking magic. Yeah, I know. I know. You mean the it first time? Like, the first time you like, felt you felt all your anxiety go away and all that shit? Yeah. Yeah, it was like the first time I could take a deep breath and my yes. skin fit right. You yeah. Know? yeah. It was fucking. I mean, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and why the fuck somebody wouldn't run to that every chance they got? <laughs> you know, I mean, because. Life's fucking hard out here. I'm sitting in the back seat of the car coming home from down there the next day thinking, at 11 years old, thinking, I wonder what I'd have to say uh, that wouldn't cause any alarm to see if they would mix me another drink. I knew I needed some more of that shit right then. I, I'm going to interject for you real quick, but I, I remember I, I used to take uh, buses and trains. I, I didn't get my license till I was 27 years old. Like I just was obsessed with with the transit system, and because I was able to drink on there and be high on there, and, oh, yeah. and you know, you meet you meet new people, and it was just what I was used to, and um, it just it just took me uh, to 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 different places where I wanted to be. But there was there was for a while there when I first started doing that, where I got that freedom. Right of the, of the transit system, but then after a while, I was like, man, this anxiety started to build in me. I was aware of everything around me. My thoughts were running out of control all the time. I remember clearly thinking, why are all these people not talking a mile a minute? Because my thoughts are going a mile a minute. Like, are we all lying to each other? Are we all just right. fucking? Like, are you gonna ask me about the weather right now? I'm thinking about the fact that we're on an organic spaceship flying through infinite space. Uh, you know, like, why aren't we talking about like the 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 craziness of just being human? And then when I started to drink, I started to meet those people that talk like that. And when I started to do drugs, like they were talking about that stuff. Like I never had a dull conversation with a drinker or a druggie. Um, maybe everything leading up to it was very, especially doing drugs, going to buy crack cocaine or. Uh, whatever, you know, like it, it was a really dark and dirty situation. But as soon as we're sitting down in that hovel that we found to smoking in, boom, not like we're sitting there just talking about drugs we're, or, or just how depressed we are. We're, we're talking about life. We're talking about being human. And I think I got addicted to that, you know, same in a bar. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently you can find it with sober people too, as I just found it with you. So I, I appreciate the time, man. I do. Absolutely. Well, you, you, you make sure you get that hot shot load over there, man. And I, I will be texting you or calling you soon and maybe we'll do this again. Hey, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm honored, you know? Oh, shit. Uh, Me too. Well, I mean, 
I'll do whatever, bub, to, to help uh, somebody else that's stuck in a dark spot, you know? I appreciate uh, it. You don't have to stay there. I mean, it's like I told, I, I, I told, I told my kid, you know, he's in prison right now from, from the same stuff, but, mm-hmm. but I told him, I said, hey, but if, if you want out of there, if you don't want to live like that no more, I'll go with you all the way. I said, but if you want to continue doing what you're doing, you can go by yourself because I've done been there. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not going there with you. No, you can't. I'll support you from a distance. I love you, you know, mm-hmm. but I know what's at the end of that road and I'm not fucking going there with my time, my money, or my energy, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one more, man. I, I remember sitting down, I think it was, um, I think it was like 17 years old. It was the first time I did crack, crack cocaine. I don't, I don't do coke anymore. I'm, I'm clean of coke for like two years now. Uh, but it could come back into my life the way that I am. Who knows? And oh, the, yeah, who knows? And the only reason I'm not doing it is because I haven't met anybody that wants to do it with me for two years. Right. right. right? You're, you're like me, a pig. Hey, what do you got? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I met this man. Uh, I was in the gay ghetto of Toronto, Ontario, and I was with my dad, actually, and uh, it was the first time I did crack, and uh, uh, there's a lot of things that are tough to talk about. But anyways, the, the guy the guy hands it to me. It's an asthma inhaler. Do you know what an asthma inhaler kind of looks like? like? Like a pipe, like an elbow pipe? Yeah. Right? And he, yeah. Pu- he puts the uh, – I watched the whole process, and he's decrepit. The guy's got AIDS, like I said. We're in the gay ghetto. Did I say he had AIDS? But he's, he's all <laughs> fucking cinched up on himself, you know? And he goes to me, he's, hey, hey, Jack, so this is your first time? I'm like, yeah, yeah, And he puts, he puts the, um, the foil on, he taps the cigarette ash into it, he pokes the holes in, into the foil, and I'm asking him questions the whole way. He's like, yeah, this is to hold the crack rock. And he's like, first time? I'm like, yeah. He puts like a, I'm assuming it was like a $40 crack rock on there. And he's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, whatever, it's drugs, right? And I fucking hit that thing. And every concern I'd ever had in my entire life, up until anything, everything, everything went away. And I was like, like what you had kind of said earlier, it was like, why wouldn't everybody do this all the time? What, what, why, why would I ever stop doing this? And he saw it in me right away. He was like, you got to be careful with this shit. And he, he died like two years later, but he saw like how, I mean, everybody gets a certain way when they do drugs, but the way that I did it. Right. You know, he was like, "Whoa, you like this? <laughs> you fucking really like this?" Oh, <laughs> it was like he saw a dog, a dog that was barking in a corner and shivering in a corner, just get the chain lopped off and a steak thrown in its mouth. Oh my god! Mm. Anyways, uh oh, yeah, I just, I mean, here's to, I had a conversation. I'll, I'll leave you with this. He says. uh, he said, they're not the same. And I'm like, yes, they are. And he said, no, let me give you an example. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll hear you out. Alcohol you know, and drugs. He, he was never a junk. You know, I, I about five years uh, on a daily basis. But yeah. uh, so he says, okay, statistics show one in 10 people have alcoholism. I'm like, okay, we'll go with those. Numbers, he said. So, if you took ten people and locked them in a room and made them drink uh, half a day, 
at the end of a week, every person in that room would be sick. Right. They would not need to be physically detoxed, but they would be sick. Yeah. If you approach those 10 a week later and said, hey, let's go have a drink, nine of them would run off screaming <laughs> from you and one of them say, no, I think that's probably a good idea. <laughs> okay, so yeah. now then you take the same 10 people and you lock them in a room and you shoot them full of heroin <laughs> for a week. At the end of a week, all 10 of them need to be medically detoxed from heroin. Right. Every one of them addicted to the substance. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. No questions asked. Every one of them was addicted to heroin. Mm-hmm. One of those people will return to that substance. The nine other don't have to do anything different other than just not ever do that again. Yeah. So the, the alcoholic and the addict, there's one that, that crosses both fences, okay? But the the problem with the alcoholic and that one guy over on the other side of the fence is that he needs a spiritual solution for his problem. His problem is not once he puts that substance, he's got to have the substance to feel all right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Alcohol is known as a spirit, right? Yes. It's, it's a temporary spirit. But there is one spirit that it doesn't go away, okay? And so we've been using temporary spirits instead of having a relationship with the spirit, <laughs> if that makes any sense. It makes, absolutely, it makes a lot of sense, Jay. And that, that stuck with you? It's sticking with me. It's a replacement when I'm talking about being in the bar and, and talking to these people and everybody, like the spirits with them, like they're, they're being as open as they possibly can be. Same with doing drugs and all that kind of stuff. When we're speaking about all the things, all the walls are down and, and we're talking about all the things that we don't talk to our family about or our friends at our workplace, but in the bar or in the crack den, we're, we're talking about all these magical things. And we're like, wow, why doesn't anybody get it? Uh, it's us that's not getting it. We're, we're not in tune with our true spirit. We're just using the supplement. Uh, because there's something else in the way, I guess, or or um, we're not we're not ready for it. Somewhere along those lines, yes, sir. I would I would totally because it, there was a it, it's a wordy 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 book, and it's called Varieties of Religious Experience by William James, and written in the 1800s. He went around and and studied conversions, you know. Yeah. One day people were like, these people were like this, and the next day, everybody around them thought they they had lost their ever-loving mind. <laughs> right. But they had been completely transformed by the Spirit. And people people thought for a, for a good period of time that maybe I might have lost it just a little bit. I mean, and, and I ran across people that had known me that felt like they had never known me. Right. And I ran across people like, like you're talking about that, you know, I drank with like every weekend while I was in high school and they'd say, oh, you can't be like that. And I'd say, you know how we drank on Friday night? <laughs> well, I drank like six other nights. Yes. Yes. That week. Yeah. With six other people like you. And yes. they're like, oh, well, yeah, you might have a problem. Right. I'm like, no shit. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm talking about. You know, you're only dealing with a portion of what you're thinking. 
Oh, that's great stuff. Again, I mean, I could talk to you forever, but but on that, my girl will say to me if we're out and people start drinking and I'm drinking, she's and she sees them dropping like flies around me and and the way they start behaving. And she realizes uh, it happened recently. She's like, wow, I watch you drink like this all the time and you do not behave like these people. And it's almost like you're normal. And I don't even know what you are drunk. Like it's, it's, it's like, I just, I, I know how to, uh, how to behave because I've been doing it for so long. I think the longer, like you drinking six days of the week and them drinking once, they're clearly drunk those one out of seven days, but a drinker, like a true alcoholic, that's who they are. And, and they become so used to it that they can fool everybody around them too. It's, it's a kind of a scary place to be. I can't tell you the last time I was even, Drunk, drunk, drunk isn't even a thing that that happens to me because, um, I know that to go there would would put at risk my ability to drink every single day because people would start questioning me. Right. Well, then you, you're you're more like uh, the maintenance drinker. <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, my grandma dated dated a guy that. He might every once in a while, later in the evening, he'd get a little loud and a little. Uh, he wasn't quite as agreeable. He was more arguable. Yes, obnoxious. Yeah, but most of the time he stayed, and he drank all day long, mm-hmm. all the, the whole time he was awake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a steady, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink. I didn't drink like that. No, no, it doesn't sound like he did. You, you, you do. You don't. You, you remind me of my father in in ways like that you've explained. But speaking to you, you know, um, it's been a pleasure, man. It 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 really has been. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna let you. Absolutely. I'm gonna let you get back on the road, man. And and I really appreciate your patience right. for my questions and and the time you took with me right here. And uh, I'm going to get in touch with you right away after we finish talking here, and we'll we'll speak again. Absolutely, Jack. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I you. I look forward to it. Uh, do you, Do you have uh, like a? I want to pay for your dinner tonight while you're out on the road. Do you have a PayPal or anything like that? Uh, I, I do have a PayPal. What is it? You don't have to do that. Oh. I, as a matter of fact, I don't even want you to do it. You I don't, don't even know how to do it. Okay. Okay, if you don't want me to do it, I won't do it. No, 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 no. Okay. All right, all right. That's just my way of uh, thanking people. I try to throw money at them, but I mean the conversation was good enough, and and uh, and again, I appreciate your time, and I will, I will, I will message you if you don't mind uh, from time to time. Absolutely, anytime. All right. Okay. Thank you, man. I really uh, thank you. Darker, darker, lighter, whatever. I you know whatever I you know. I, I enjoy the visit. Metal on metal produces good steel, you know? <laughs> I like that.